welcome to the Stalk and I podcast for single women considering solo motherhood by donor conception. I'm your host, Mel Johnson, the solo motherhood coach and solo mum to a three-year-old daughter. For series four of the podcast, I talk to a variety of professionals about specific topics relevant to solo parenthood where they have an expertise. Before I started trying to conceive, I had a relatively consistent yoga practice. At that point in my life, I had the time and the opportunity, and I really felt the benefits in abundance. My experience has mainly been in the studio, and I've struggled to create my own practice at home, now getting to the studio is harder. I didn't use yoga as part of my support when I was trying to conceive, but in hindsight, I think it might have been quite beneficial for me. I was super excited to speak to today's guest, Helen. Helen is a yoga teacher that has been immersed in the path of yoga embodiment and teaching for 25 years. She's got a small yoga studio in Greater Manchester called The Fold, and that's a hub for anyone trying to conceive. Her aim with the studio is to provide a sanctuary of rest and community amidst the landscape of creating a family. Helen teaches most of her courses remotely, and she supports people in the midst of trying to conceive. I loved our conversation, and it's really inspired me to start my yoga practice again and she's really helped me reframe how to do that so for anybody who feels like you'd like to do yoga but is struggling to fit it into your life there's some really great tips for you here so we cover anyone who might feel supported by yoga as part of their trying to conceive journey into pregnancy as well as anybody who's trying to fit a yoga practice into a life now as a solo parent there's lots of great practical tips of how to do that Helen, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. No, it's so lovely to be here and so lovely to connect with you. So basically, my audience are single women considering solo parenthood. um, And and I'm sure some people who are already there as well. Um, And it's quite challenging going through. It's challenging, as you know, for anyone going through the fertility journey. But as a solo parent, you, you really need to make sure that you've got that right support in place. So one of the things that I'm trying to do is help people with a different, almost like menu of things that might support them through this journey. And I saw what you were doing in this space and thought, oh, that's a brilliant thing that people could add to their toolkit, if you like, of, of things that might support them. So do you want to just give yourself a bit of an introduction on who you are and, and what it is you do in this space? Yeah, so my name's Helen. Um, I've been a teacher for a really long time. I'm a yoga teacher, I'm also a primary teacher, and I was a lecturer. And now I've got my own little studio, um, which we're talking from today, called The Fold, which is in um, Heaton Moor, which is Greater Manchester, near Stop, in between Stockport and Manchester. It's only little, I'm doing a lot of teaching online. So I came into this work, I've always been a, um, a yogi. And I started becoming a yoga teacher after I was uh, trying to conceive for five years. So I had um, quite a detailed, <laughs> I could talk for a long time about my story. It was uh, all sorts of challenges and turbulences, um, multiple cycles of IVF, uh, which finally and very luckily resulted in my son, who is coming up to six now. And I found that experience to be deeply isolating. Um, and I wasn't doing it solo, I was doing it with my partner, 
but I really crave community. So I, you know, I think what you're doing is, is just amazing because everybody needs it, don't they? And I found my friends were getting pregnant very quickly. So I haven't got anybody in my own, I had no one in my family or my friendship circle that had had any struggles with, with, with building their family. Um, and that was 10 years ago, 11 years ago. So the Instagram community wasn't there. There wasn't the kind of presence that I think, I still don't think it's always easy to find a tribe and who you need, but it definitely was a lot hard then. And I did meet some women through Mumsnet and they were invaluable to me because we were all kind of trying at the same time. And over a span of us chatting for about five years, we arrived in kind of early motherhood around the same time. And we still speak now. So I had this kind of drive of fusing the yoga and accessing, because I suffered with a lot of anxiety. I'm a fairly anxious person. I found the whole process really um, choppy to navigate but I had tools that I could go to so I thought okay I'm gonna specialize in fertility yoga uh, and then I went on to specialize in pregnancy yoga as well and try and build a community where women can come and access something that is supportive for them on an um, uh, individual journey that they can take away and maybe it will ripple out and that will also perhaps give them space to meet other people and you can never know how you're going to orchestrate that in different groups there's different dynamics, but um, the group that I'm working with at the moment are on a six-week fertility yoga course. It's the last one tonight. My course is called North Star. They're, they want to keep in touch afterwards. We have a little WhatsApp group, and I normally close that group at the end because we're all in a lot of WhatsApp groups, aren't we? And they're like, could we keep it on? Because <laughs> we, we want to do things together. And that just... That is the thing that drives me, I think, is that people don't have to go through this alone. And I know that we probably, well, I know that we share that in common, don't we? We do. And like, I'm exactly the same. So I run a three-week group coaching course. And what I do is I come off the WhatsApp group because otherwise I'd have <laughs> hundreds of WhatsApp groups, but they keep the WhatsApp group for themselves. And lots of people say that's like, such a powerful part of being on the course yes I give them some resources and some exercises to help them but meeting other people who are going through the same thing at the same time and being able to keep in touch with them and connect with them and it just like my happiest moments are when people send me pictures or messages to say we've just had a meetup or we've just done a zoom call and they've met through my courses and you just think oh that is definitely the reason to do this sort of thing isn't it when you when you've helped people find their community it really is because that you need it <laughs> you need someone that's going to hear what you say and you know that they will understand what you're saying and and be far far less likely to say things that people say in very well-meaning ways yeah. but that might not be really what you need to hear Whereas, you know, when you're with people that have gone through things or are traveling through things at the same time as you, that you have got that um, safer space to be heard, I think. So, yes, definitely for me, the community aspect of it is um, a big driver of why I do what I do. And, yeah, I love it. If I get little pictures of meetups or know that people have, you know, connected with somebody and that turns into a friendship, I think that that is really important. Whilst at the same time, trying to support people with the the emotional challenges of it all I yeah. think as physical challenges Absolutely. so whilst I call it fertility yoga so people can find me it's very much not I uh, don't wrap that up as come and improve your chances of conception because that's not that just never set sat with me 
and my um, kind of integrity. It's about, this is hard. <laughs> so let's come and carve out an hour of time together and we might be able to use some really gentle yoga that's going to be appropriate for you if you are in the assisted conception cycle. Uh, focus on the breath, focus on the body and just give yourself some time just to be. And maybe you might be able to find some tools that you can take um, back out into the world with you. So yeah, there's that kind of dual approach really. If that's what I do. And um, talk to me a bit about yoga. So I, um, before I had a child, um, I did a lot of yoga, but I have to say probably quite different. So I loved Bikram yoga. So I did a lot of Bikram yoga and I did, you know, a lot of quite more along the exercise front, I would say. So like quite hardcore flow type where you really feel like you've had a workout which I'm presuming is quite different from, from the yoga that you offer. So what are the like different types and which ones is it that, what is fertility yoga in, in that sort of? Such a good question. I was once a big Bikram fan. <laughs> really? I've had my, I've traveled through, I think every, every kind of yoga. So probably my age has changed the way that I practice. <laughs> and as I have become older and as I am now in the motherhood, season where there is less time my body has changed I am older I've had to be yeah find my grace with my practice so my practice has definitely slowed down through necessity really and I'm teaching a lot so that kind of takes even more time out from, from my own practice but yeah so you know there are you yoga is so diverse and there's lots of different schools of yoga and styles so I think if you're used to a background session that's not <laughs> that's not what's happening in this studio yeah. And it's crafted, so I um, I trained in quite a traditional yoga, Shivananda yoga, that's my training, that's my background. Um, I've spent many, many years doing the Ashtanga series and Hatha. I began with a Yangi yoga, so I've been through lots of different lineages. And then lately, I do a lot of restorative yoga, I do yin yoga and, and Hatha yoga, so my, my, my own practice has steadied, I would say. Uh, if I could get to hot yoga every day, probably would, you know, if I could do it once a week, that would feel good at the moment, that isn't happening for me. So when you come to my space, predominantly the women that come to see me are either trying to conceive or about to begin an assisted conception cycle. That tends to be how, who finds me. They might be in the middle of a cycle and really needing that support and they want to be around other people that are going through that experience as well. So that kind of, um, has quite an impact on the kind of yoga that I will offer them because particularly if people are on stims or they might be in the two-week wait, it's going to be super slow, it's going to be gentle. And something that I take um, great detail with is knowing the people that are coming to my class. So everybody fills in the form, I look at where people are at and we have that open channel of communication. So if somebody has just had a transfer on that day and they want to come to the class because they want to be with everybody, it's important for me to know that so we can say, right, this is what I think. And it's a lot of differentiation. So it's, it's kind of complex, but I like it being like that because it means that more people can come and they can feel safe. So it's very slowed down, work with kind of feminine energies, lots of circling, thinking about the womb space, the pelvis, making space, hips, groin. So that will always be the center focus of the practice. Um, and people do report that if they are struggling with things like period pain or maybe they've had a cycle they've just traveled through that and it hasn't been a successful cycle for them and they've got that kind of maybe some fluid retention people do report that that can kind of help with ease in the body anecdotally 
Um, so it is gentle, uh, appropriate. I, I try and keep it nicely appropriate for the people that are coming. So it's a kind of about accessing rest, accessing stillness, connecting back in with the body. Because I think for me on that longer journey, I had become quite disconnected with um, my womb, with thinking about, I'm quite angry actually, a lot of that kind of hostility. So my course works through um, North Star works through compass energetics and we actually think about some of the message so it's it's wrapped in lots of things it isn't just to come do the yoga there's a little bit of space to connect if you want to so there's a little bit of opportunity to see the other people that are there and bring things to our circle move a little bit and then restorative yoga which I think can be really hard to give yourself permission to do so props bolsters cushions blankets we always end with, with kind of cozy lush time for you just to be which isn't that's not if you know you know that's not easy to to do yourself sometimes because if you've got time then you think you maybe you should be out on a run or you should be doing something really physical so it's yeah coziness nice and i think that a lot of people that i speak to do have a lot of frustration anger um you know all sorts of emotions because what I find, and obviously not for everyone, but for a lot of people, it's a really difficult decision to make to decide to become a solo parent. Yeah. And you presume that that's the hard part, making that decision. And then what happens is, and it seems really unfair, that you make that decision, you start the journey, and then it turns out that it's also a complex journey. And it's like, well, that's not fair. I'm already having to navigate it on my own. I didn't expect that now the journey was also going to be challenging. And so people have got a lot of emotions that they're dealing with on their own sometimes, or at least without a romantic partner. So would you say that you, could, you tap into some of that to try to help people deal with those emotions? My big thing is bring it all along. You know, there is no right way through. You can bring yourself exactly as you are if you've had a really tearful day, if you are feeling really angry. We don't always know how we are feeling. Um, people say, how are you feeling? I, I don't know. Maybe we can have some space to just be with what is uh, in our bodies, going through our minds and, and maybe at the end of the session we might have a little bit of clarity and it's always about not making any of those promises because you never really know you can go you will know this you can go to one yoga session and, and have like this one experience and then you go exactly the same session same time and it's a completely different place because we're always evolving we're always changing but i think i think a lot of people say all well, that I will, I'm sorry when we're crying, don't we? We actually apologize. Oh, or we apologize because we're feeling angry or I'm working with people sometimes where they are now pregnant and they've been through this journey and they're not feeling very well and they feel that they aren't allowed to say that. And so it's about really having that full permission to have this space, bring it along. You will not be the only person that has felt that all your feelings and your pains are valid then and have that sense of belonging so that you can just be and if you're not sure maybe a little bit of time to attune to the frequencies of maybe what is going on and sometimes I do use a few little prompts or or might have a little journal prompt for people to go away with even if they don't want to write but they could kind of ponder on and um, a bit of contemplating and just knowing that you're not alone with all of it I think I think that's so important. I think the power of 
being with a group of people who are experiencing similar things is 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 super powerful do you do the sessions remotely yes more online at the moment and what's kind of happened it isn't quite how i can kind of configured this space to be but during lockdown during the pandemic I've found people kind of across the world so the community has grown and it isn't just a Manchester community anymore so we are staying online and at the moment there's there's 20 people in my North Star group from all over the country and from all over the world and similarly I run another group called Held for people that are pregnant after a long journey um, where we do super super gentle um, pregnancy yoga because not everybody does feel that they you know maybe confident enough to go to a pregnancy yoga class if that's a pregnancy you've waited that you've waited for for years and years so I run two and um at the moment they're online but I do do some some things in the studio and it's not easy it's not an easy landscape at the moment to have people in in space in these COVID times now that the windows need to be closed so it's yeah I'm just kind of figuring all of that out one-to-one work I do do in the studio space so I'm not I'm not only exclusively online but the groups are online at the moment yeah I love that things have opened up that they've become global because I I lived abroad for quite a long time and I love it that my courses attract people from all over the world and you just it just reinforces the message to me that there's so many people who are going through the same thing sometimes we feel like we're completely alone because in our small little circle we don't know anybody who is in the same situation but then if you look wider there's loads of people and I love that I love welcoming in people from all around the world it feels really nice yeah it does feel good and then you kind of think well how do I just go back to having four people in a space because (laughs) there's lots of things to figure out I think but there is we'll see Covid made us all reevaluate things, didn't it? And now it's sort of navigating what happens so next. So, and the added complexity that if people are going through an assisted conception cycle, then you know sometimes they are keeping themselves to themselves at the moment. So, I think being online right now is working pretty well for me. Yeah, and I can imagine if you're pregnant as well, it just means that you don't have to get anywhere you know you can just do yeah. it well that's true you know it, when my yoga classes it's quite often 45 minutes there 45 minutes back a bit cram you've got to shower and it's like a three-hour chunk out of your day you can just like open your laptop can't you and then close your laptop and the other thing that I really encourage people to do through zoom which I think is a lot easier is to make the practice your own so if you are say somebody has is in their two-week wait and they're really not feeling like doing a lot or they're nervous to do very much. We don't have to because you can just turn the camera off or you can lie there or you can be there for the guided relaxation. And I actively welcome that. Um, and I welcome people practicing in a way that feels aligned with them. And I think in the studio space, that's a lot harder for people to feel comfortable in doing because if everybody else is doing, you know, down with dog and you want to just lie with the bolster on your knees, it's hard to give that's just human isn't it it's harder to give yourself permission to do it so I think online works well for that reason as well that's so true actually that I have exactly the same experience that sometimes when we're sharing our journey um, people get a bit emotional about it because sometimes when when you start talking to other people just unexpected emotion just bubbles up and I think people do find some comfort that they can say it and then they can just turn their camera off for a minute to just get that space. And they feel great that they've shared, but they also feel good that they can just have 
that time to sort of recompose themselves so sometimes there's definitely benefits of being um, yeah and, and losses like sometimes the energy of being with people in present spaces is, is beautiful well it's a beautiful thing but I think yeah similarly for me at the end of the session if I say I will be around if people want to, some people I'm really encouraging people that it's okay to press leave <laughs> press the red leave button if you want to go on with your day now and, and you are feeling in a place where right now people sharing their emotions isn't right for you then you know you've got whereas it's more difficult I think when you're in the room to just kind of go and get your coat <laughs> so yeah I think um there are gifts definitely definitely so once we've been through the journey and then you said that you also offer a pregnancy um practice for people I think I also offer a pregnancy course for people for the very reason that you're talking about that you've been through this complex journey. I think even if for a solo parent, you've had a pretty straightforward journey, there's still lots of complexity in there because you've been deciding to do it on your own, a lot of people in a way that they didn't expect to be doing. And there's a feeling that we should just be overwhelmingly grateful and happy because we finally got what it was that we set out to get but of course pregnant women don't always feel overwhelmingly happy because sometimes pregnancy can be hard and so there's almost like this added thing over a pregnancy which is like a guilt of not feeling how you imagine you might want to feel all the time is that something that you also sort of like take people through because uh, yeah so my community is just growing I've, I've been doing this for two two years now it feels i mean covid's just time span it feels like a lot longer than that but i think i've been doing this for two years and i think it's growing because people and it's wonderful do become pregnant and then where who's holding them then because they're in a place some of them you know they've been tried for years and years and years and they're pregnant or sometimes we we've got our eye on that prize of two lines on a stick and we haven't perhaps maybe thought about what that's going to come after that and what that journey is going to be like and that was very much what it was like for me i'm so the goal was to be pregnant to see that heartbeat to get to that place and then it was like oh gosh I'm very anxious. <laughs> I can't believe this is all going to be okay. And I don't feel well. So it's like this kind of package of I physically feel struggling and I am emotionally and mentally struggling. And I don't feel I've got a right to put my hand up and say, I'm finding this hard because I've wanted this for so, so long. And I do, I know how lucky I am. So it's a space for people to be able to come and say, do you know, I'm really struggling. <laughs> and for no one to be Yes, and I don't think people do think that, but you know that you can say it and it's going to be okay to say it and it's going to be okay to share and it's going to be okay to have all of those feelings held. I actually call the course held so that you can yeah. feel like there is somewhere for you to go. Um, because I think I, I went to some pregnancy yoga classes and I didn't feel the same. And I, that's very much my, my baggage and my experience. It's like, oh, this is, you know, I think this has been quite an easeful experience for everybody else in the room here because I don't I think I am the only person that's you know gone through IVF or is feeling terrified of and you're saying me to do that pose and I'm not quite sure <laughs> I want a space where we could kind of erode a lot of that and just be on that page and I, and I guess for your community it's it's there's going to be definite overlaps there of okay I'm here and now what and now you know 
this maybe isn't what I, you know, this is different. It's because it's, it's such a lot on the physical body. It, it just listening to you say that resonates with me so much because so many people focus on the positive pregnancy test and then don't know what they're like oh my goodness it's happened there's this whole now I'm going to be a parent and I haven't even really considered this because I was so focused on the next step and there's always one next step isn't there that then there's the first scan then there's the 12 week scan then and there seems to be so many like milestones and you think well I'll relax after this one or I'll be able to breathe a sigh of relief after this one but there that just seems to continue and even into motherhood then you're like well we're just getting through this sleep bit oh now we're just getting through these this phase and I'm like when's this going to end and my mum's like well you're 43 and I'm still helping you navigate something so I was like oh my goodness so uh, and, and it's having a safe space to talk about all of that of like oh I've wanted this so much and my child is, in this, is waking up every 45 minutes yeah. and I'm finding that really hard. <laughs> Whereas I know how deeply grateful I am to be here and that I never thought I'd be here. So it's, you, you come for both of those things at the same time. And I think it's having that, um, yeah, someone saying you, you can for both. <laughs> That's okay. They can coexist those things together. But I think we end up giving ourselves quite a hard time. Um, yeah. We do. And I think it's just so important to hear that, that you can feel both things at the same time. You can feel deeply grateful and also having a hard time in the moment of something, just trying to normalize that to say, this is something that lots of people go through, I think is really useful for people to hear if they're feeling that. And also grief, you know, that this maybe wasn't the way that you imagine your family would be constructed or that, you know, for me, there wasn't an option to have a sibling for, for my child this it all jostles together doesn't it and we kind of live with all of these competing emotions and I think yeah just having the space to think okay that is that's okay and that is valid for me to have all of that going on at the same time and I'm just a human being doing my best sometimes we just need to hear that don't we to, yeah. to make it feel okay and so then for the people who are parents, so I'm thinking of myself here, I think I was saying to you before, I have a fantasy that I am a yogi. If people say, what are my hobbies? I always put yoga in there. But if I'm truly honest with myself, I've done very little for the three and a half years since my daughter arrived. And I do notice an impact of that, actually, particularly my back. My, my back is not in a good place. And I know that when I do some yoga moves, it, it stretches it out and it makes it feel better. And my fantasy is that I can set up some sort of practice at home that I do myself. But I've really struggled to do stuff at home. When I've done yoga, it's always been going to a class. I've always... Um, been like physically to a class and um, I've never done a remote class because previously I didn't need to because I could go there in person and and then um, I had a child and it's quite difficult to do a set time isn't it although maybe that's an excuse so um, I'd love to hear your sort of thoughts on what can we do if we've got busy lives we've got children it's hard to find the time have you got any advice for people Oh, so much. <laughs> I think if you've had a yoga practice where you used to go into a class and you've gone to that class for an hour or 90 minutes, 
and you know the benefit of doing that, then it just makes sense that you want to recreate that experience and have that depth of experience. But I think it's about, right, maybe we can reimagine what yoga is. So it doesn't, we, we always think of the physical postures, don't we, and the poses and everything, but that's only one slice, isn't it, of being a, a yogi. So you kind of reimagine, and I'll talk about that in a minute. And also pairing it back. Like what would happen if you committed to a five minute practice three times a week um, and the mat is out and all you have to do is go and lie on the mat and then quite often that might turn into something a little bit different it's all about finding modalities isn't it and I think having a mat and having it out can be the call to action for me and being really compassionate if you don't get on the mat because at some point you will and you'll get on it and you'll remember why you love it and then that might be the thing it's a little bit like jogging isn't it for me I fall in love and out and I do the catch 5k and then I come back and I do it again and being okay with that and finding those small slices so uh, it may be that your yoga is actually going for a walk with a five minute walking meditation on and then that might remind the body that actually oh, I feel quite a lot better just for those five minutes I'm just putting in peppering in the week maybe three five minute things so yeah I like walking meditations if I really can't get on the mat and sometimes I will fall off my mat particularly at times where I most probably need it it's too much and I can't access it um whether that be through time whether that be through emotional turbulence or, or just the season cycles of our body breath work I think just finding the breath sometimes can be really really helpful if you are finding things tricky just taking you know five five breaths just slowing it down, breathing in for five, breathing out for five, just doing something really slow. You can do that anywhere. You could do it in the bath, you could do it in bed. Bed yoga, legs up the wall. You know, if you're feeling you can't sleep and you've got those restless legs and everything's really, really agitated, building some poses into the bed. So getting some restorative stuff and just little tiny droplets of building in. Where might I be able to actually build in some nervous system regulation? And if it's the physical stuff that you're wanting, definitely start small and then grow because you don't have to, if you did five minutes every day, that's an hour a week, but it's easy to, to say that stuff, but it, it, it can be little for it to make a difference. I think, because I don't know how that is, that kind of thing yeah. and accountability. So I guess if you've got community and you've got people doing it together, I think that can be helpful. That's a really good point. I think it's super helpful. I think there's two things for me. I think one is getting the mat out. I don't even know where my yoga mat is. That's how long it's been. So actually, yeah, getting it out and making a nice little space and making it feel like it would be a nice thing to do. And I think certainly for me, but I imagine for so many of my community as well, because there's so many people who are so similar, accepting that a 90 minute intensive class isn't possible. You don't have to do that. And actually, I think reimagining it, lots of us are very good at reimagining because that's what we've done for a lot of things throughout this journey. Um, so actually, I love that like really practical suggestion of just reimagining what does it look like and building it up. And, and maybe it turns into more than five minutes and maybe it doesn't and that's okay too, but just getting into that habit again. Yeah, and having like, so something like the Insight, I don't know, these, the Insight Timer app, it's got thousands of meditations on it. Some of them are five minutes, some of them are 10. Yoga with Adrian, she's got five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And maybe just thinking, I'm going to try and do three things this week that are going to be 10 minutes and see how that works. And I'm going to book myself into one class 
every other month in 2022 and that's going to be a treat yeah and they're kind of you know you are accessing some of that and maybe the reminder of how it makes you feel is going to be the thing that makes you do more which is kind of how it works with a lot of things that we know are good for us but then we don't do doesn't it it's like oh I want to do it I feel like this and then that kind of maybe we can create habits and also being if you roll them out and you have a candle there and a nice blanket and then you walk around it for most of the week just being really forgiving of yourself that just it's there and and you will find it in your, in your own good time I think so true I think that there's certainly for me I think that the suggestion of booking in like even if it's once a month there's something in my head that says if I can't commit to a weekly class then I can't go to the class that's just what I've made up for myself do you know what I mean so I love the reframe that you've given that just book in some classes as a treat when you can and then for me as well maybe that will motivate me to remember the feeling I get to be able to do more at home then as well. I think of them as micro retreats. I love that. I I have a few places that I think I'd like to go there and bonus it's got somewhere I might be able to go for a coffee and I've got like say I've got 90 minutes and I know I can do that in January. (laughs) It's not November. I'm going to book in and I know it's coming and then I'm just going to kind of think that's that is the season that I'm in and I think that's that's surrendering and acceptance of the season of particularly early motherhood where time is so short then I think and it's I'm not saying that's easy but just kind of thinking that that's the season and the season for me to be able to go back and do weekly classes will come and I don't think the pandemic has helped that because I think it's had a massive shift in terms of our pace and capacity yeah it's I think everybody's feeling that to some extent yeah so true and then I know I know this isn't your area but I just wondered if you have any experience with yoga for kids so my daughter is struggling at the moment with her emotions and one of the things that I'm trying to get her to do is that we do some yoga together and interestingly I also thought maybe it would motivate me again to to you know if we could do it together so (laughs) at nursery they do some yoga and she loves doing some of the poses. Do you do it with your son at all? Or have you got any experience? Well, it hasn't been the experience I thought it would be because I thought I could just start with him when he was really little and it would evolve. And he's only six now. And it's not really been like that because he hasn't got the concentration. So I think maybe some children too, but he will really like to roll a mat out next to my mat and kind of copy shapes or do his own free moving and we do have um, some meditation music we listen to at night. Mm. I'm teaching him about the breath. And there's a lovely book that I have, which I can't remember what it's called now. It's a kid's yoga book. And we use it together. And the poses have names like crown and king. And mm. they've got stories that ravel. And there's some lovely yoga cards you can buy. Um, but it's not, I little and often, I think, and just little bits. And having that emotional, that, language to use around our emotions but I think it's coming I think now as he comes to six he wants to come he wants to do what I'm doing so I think it's about not it's the same for us isn't it not expecting too much yeah they do a little bit maybe they see us doing it it's part of what they feel like reading I guess they see that we're reading they see there's a literate house then it will kind of come Uh, and I think increasingly schools are doing it as well so yeah maybe you've got your mat out maybe you roll a little towel by the side and you just do five minutes together then 
see what happens. Yeah. Sometimes I have a fantasy about things, about how it will be and things that I really like, hoping that my daughter will also like. But I guess it's introducing them to um, our kids and then being led by them a little bit on if that's something that they're, that they're interested in. And, uh, you know, Jack calls it relaxing time. <laughs> so he knows it's there. I don't think he's, you know, he's a busy five-year-old brain. I don't think it's kind of really permeating, but he knows there's a, there's a concept there that he knows that there is different <laughs> modes of being if you need it. And I'm hoping that, that will kind of drip feed in. So yes, I keep my expectations small and just do little bits, I think. Brilliant. And then you mentioned um, resources. So I am an absolute um, book fanatic. Um, I'm constantly reading books. Are there any resources um, that you would recommend for people who are more interested in this area? Oh gosh, for reading. I think um, when I'm talking about what yoga looks like, I really like Donna Fari because she talks about that a lot. Uh, I mean, Norman Blair, I will, I'm a big fan of Norman Blair. He writes so beautifully and he has got a book uh, about your inner skies, which if you're feeling like you want to do yoga whilst reading, I think Norman Blair's book is absolutely beautiful. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think there's, sometimes you can read about yoga and maybe feel like that will start to land and percolate and maybe that will be the thing that is the wayfinder to your mat. Um, maybe delight in the journey of what it is that takes you back there, yeah. Yeah, so. for me, definitely reading always like ignites, um, like it renews my interest in, in things as well when I learn a little bit more about stuff and people's perspectives on it. Um, there's just not enough time. I, I was thinking this morning I'd like to take a sabbatical and just read all the books that I've got for like three months so that I uh, can... You, you know, sound like me. I bet you've got piles of... Have you got piles where you've read a couple of chapters of each? Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I just think that's one way of reading, isn't it? I just think I'm not going to be finishing. <laughs> I've got 20 books there. Do you know, I have got a pile where I'm like, I love them all. So I've loved the books, but I haven't finished them. And I'm, I'm like, right, I am going to go through and finish each of these books. Not forcing myself to, because there's some books where I'm like, no, I, I'm not going to finish that. But books where I do want to finish it, I've got, I'm, I'm like making a pile so I can go and close them and put them back on the bookshelf. I love books. Yeah, the one that I'm reading at the moment is, by, yeah, you might have heard of this one, it's called Breath by James Nestor. And that is really, really interesting. And it isn't particularly breath technique. So there are a few of those at the back. It's about how, it's just about breath and how underutilized that breath is. And I'm really, really loving that. So I'll have to keep sending you links of what I'm, yeah. what I'm doing and what I'm into. That'll be brilliant. And if people want to connect with you, um, where can they find you? So they can find me mostly on Instagram. That's where I hang out and <laughs> tell my stories. Uh, I'm at the fold. Um, and yeah, and I work predominantly with group classes. And I also work uh, as a conception doula with one-to-one, -one, which is supporting people through their conception journey. Um, and that has been very well received. So I'm fully booked for the rest of 2021 with that. And then I work very closely with people and find their modalities really. So that's a bit beyond yoga. It's a bit of extra work with the breath, work with people that are anxious perhaps with injections. So one-to-one -one and group classes is where you can find me. And is that, is the doula work remote or is that? Um... It can be either. So I'm working either in person if you're local and you can get here or, or it can be, um, you know, via Zoom. And it can be really created specifically for what people need because I think 
it's like it's, I imagine for your community making that decision to go into solo motherhood, but then we also have to make the decision of when we might started might start an IVF cycle. It's all that kind of readying, isn't it? And kind of okay, this is the this is the journey that I'm going to take, uh, and having quite some specific um, support with that. You know, two week wait is a long two weeks. So if there's things that we can weave into that to help you with, you know, anxiety and that that waiting experience, that's that's how it works there's so much um as part of this journey that can make us anxious even people who aren't necessarily massively anxious people i think there's so many things as part of the journey that can cause anxiety anything that we can find to try to calm us and ground us and manage that anxiety is beneficial i think so great that people can try to access whatever works for them best you know we're in that age of information and google is not always our friend is it so <laughs> there's a, once you enter that territory of, of waiting i think there's a lot of it's and you it's, you're in your body and it's hard to not think about it all of the time so yeah that's where i try and help if i can brilliant well thank you so much i'm sure it'll be really useful for people thank you lovely thank you for having me if you've enjoyed this episode of the Stalk and I podcast, I'd hugely appreciate if you rate, review and subscribe. I look forward to seeing you again next week.